listening to the Teach From Home podcast, the podcast that equips, educates, and encourages brand new homeschoolers. My name is Beth Pavlik. I'm a homeschooling mom to four kids. I'm the owner of the YouTube channel Teach From Home and the website BethPavlik.com, where you can find all kinds of great resources, including my online course for new homeschoolers. Welcome, and let's get started. So today I have someone with me that responded to a comment that I put on my YouTube community channel being like, what do you want to know about unschooling? Like, what are some things that you just have these burning questions if you want to know more? And um, Nikki here did have some really good questions and she agreed to come on and chat with me about it. So I'm going to give her the chance to share a little bit about herself so that we can get to know her. Go ahead. Hi, my name's Nikki Puckett. I uh, just started homeschooling this year. I used to be a teacher. I since resigned last May and I'm homeschooling my 11 year old son. Just one kid. Awesome. That is great. And so do you want to share what your question was or would you like me to read it? Yeah, uh, we can start with question number one. Okay. So question number one is, uh, what's the difference between de-schooling and unschooling? Because from what I've researched, it seems like they're pretty similar. Yeah, absolutely. That is such a great question because I feel like a lot of people that are researching this can get very confused about what this is and what it means. And so I love that we're talking about this today because I think it's going to help a lot of people understand this. So de-schooling is actually just this temporary process where you are just transitioning from traditional school to homeschooling. And it means that you don't have a fixed schedule or a set curriculum or things that you need to learn or do just for a period of time. So you're doing very little formal work. Um, You're not asking your child to learn anything specific. Um, You're kind of just doing like a brain reset from, you know, especially if your child was in school before, like you're just like, let's just take a break from all that and just breathe. So during the de-schooling process, you will adjust your understanding of and approach to how a child learns. And it's, it's not required, but I feel like anybody that wants to homeschool, regardless of what kind of method you go into, everybody should de-school themselves and their kids. Because when you get into that traditional school mindset, you're just like, oh, we have to make sure that we get up at a certain time and start school at 7.30. And we have to make sure that our child is sitting at a table all day long and we we can fit in some bathroom breaks in our schedule and we can make sure that we eat lunch in like like 20 minutes and then 30 minutes outside for recess and, and our kid has to raise their hand and all of those things and especially all of the tests and quizzes and, and just always asking for, for comprehension on what they're learning. It's like, all of that is going to go away and you're just going to be with your child. Um, and it's just so necessary in order to help you and your child transition from the traditional school mindset to a more relaxed homeschool environment. And it's one of the most beneficial things that you can add to your homeschool journey. So that is de-schooling. All right. Um, and, and the question can be like, why, why do we need to de-school? Why does everybody need to do that? Um, and a couple of reasons are it allows your child's brain, body, and attitude to reset. Your kids can unlearn bad habits. 
All right. So a lot of things that they might've learned in school that like, you really just don't want them to do anymore. Like you can just unlearn all of those things. It allows time for you to observe your own child and figure out how they learn best and what really gets them excited and what they really don't like doing anymore. So that is really important. It gives parents time to make informed decisions on homeschool resources, methods, and curriculum choices. So you can't just take your kid out of school on Friday and start homeschooling on Monday with all of the stuff. Like you need time to be like, what are the different homeschooling methods? Like what resources are actually out there? How am I going to choose curriculum for my child? Like all of these questions, you can't just jump right into that. And so giving your child time to like, just be while you're doing all your research is very important. Um, it helps families let go of seeing private or public school culture as the norm which I think is very important as well. It helps motivate your child to learn things that they are interested in learning because how often do our kids actually enjoy or are interested in what they're learning at school? Some of the time it's not. Even if it's something like a topic that they're interested in, they're not gonna learn it in the way that they want to learn it in school. So it also improves your child's self-confidence and decision-making skills. All of a sudden it's like, hey, you're in the driver's seat. What do you wanna learn about? Let me know. And they're going to all of a sudden be like, oh, I have a voice. I can actually decide what I want to learn about. Like, this is amazing. Um, it also allows parents to reconnect with their kids and provide um, a dad and mom period to relearn too. I think that's so important. Like, we have to de-school ourselves as well. Um, I could go on and on. Here's some more. Um, it decreases power struggles with children and resistance to homeschooling because so many kids come away from being in traditional school for a while and they're like i spent all of my days in school with people telling me what i could do with my time all right and now i'm going to come home and mom and dad are going to dictate everything that i do every minute of the day like that is going to create that power struggle and so de-schooling says listen I'm not going to tell you what you have to do today. I'm going to let you do it on your own. It's okay. It also just provides a fresh start, right? So it's like, just clean the slate, forget everything that you did in traditional school. Let's just, let's just be. So anyway, um, I think that's all that I wanted to cover. So that was a, that was a really long answer, but I hope that that gave you some ideas. But how does that differ from unschooling then? I will tell you exactly. Yes. So unschooling <laughs> is a potential path that de-schooling may lead you down. All right. So de-schooling is when you're taking this temporary break from any structured learning at all. And then unschooling is child-led learning where you continue this way of life learning by letting your kids find their passions and interests in life. And then you give them resources and opportunities to go learn further. So once you have that relationship where you're like, okay, my child trusts me enough that I'm not going to force them to learn anything, that they're going to share with me what they're interested in. And then what I'm going to do is not try to teach them about that. I'm going to be like, I love that you're interested in that. How would you like to learn more about that? Do you want to go to the library and find some books? I think that I could find a video about that. Um, do you want to go test something out somewhere? Like, how do you want to learn about it? So that's how unschooling is a method of learning, but de-schooling is only a temporary 
thing where you're not trying to help them learn about anything. You're really just letting them be. Does that make sense? Sort of. So I guess I'm kind of like de-unschooling right now because like we started off de-schooling um, yeah. and it really was very interesting because coming from the public school system, he really didn't even know what he was interested in at all. Like yeah. he was like, you know, he kind of froze up and he, you know, even when we were doing certain things, like I know I had him do a little handwriting. He was so freaked out that it wasn't completely perfect. And it wasn't like, you know, the letter was a little off and he was, he was almost like looking for the bell to ring. <laughs> like he looked behind, like, when's the bell going to ring? It's like, no, there's no bell. Let's just chill out and take our time. Yeah. Um, and, but now I feel like it has evolved a little bit into more so like the unschooling and he's, mm -hmm. and I love being the, I'm like you. Uh, I really, really want him to love learning. And I'm really passionate about that. I, yeah. That would just make me so happy because I love learning. I learn all the time and I love learning new things. And I wanted to instill that passion into him, you know, ignite his fire and that's sort of, and be the facilitator, like you said. So I mm -hmm. guess we're kind of unschooling now because we did start doing stuff. Like um, we went to the library. He's interested in world religions. Yeah. So, you know, we went to the library, we got a book and we're looking and we're talking about it and looking at the book together. Any words that we don't, understand we're looking up mm -hmm. and I think I said I don't know is this unschooling I said hey Loku that's my son's name <laughs> uh, hey Loku what if we did like what if you did like a presentation or something about world religions or maybe we could make like a game like we could do like a board game or a card game all about the different world religions mm -hmm. I don't know if that's unschooling though and he said yeah that sounds like fun yeah is that unschooling I mean I think or is that, that more like I'm just leading him well, and it's, it is a tricky balance. Um, for me, like I, I go ahead and give my kids resources and then if they want to take it further, then they will, you know what I mean? So like, I don't, I don't say like, let's make a presentation about it to show what we learned. Um, if they want to do some, most of the time, my kids don't want it. They don't even know what a presentation is. You know what I mean? Like they wouldn't put together a PowerPoint to show what they learned. Mm -hmm. But what we do is we have discussions about it afterwards. Um, yeah. Or when my daughter gets very inspired and wants to write her own books, you know, like I, I don't give her suggestions about it. She just writes her own stories. Like, and she's figured it out because she's read so much. And so she knows yeah. how, a, how a story is put together. So I think if he is like, yes, I want to do that. That's totally fine, but it comes to, it gets tricky when it's like, okay, but why are we making the presentation? Is it so that he can show me what he's learned or is it because he wants to do it because he's so excited about what he's learned, you know? Hmm. I don't know. I guess maybe it's not, it's not totally unschooling because in my mind, I'm thinking I'm really like what we talked about earlier. I'm wanting him to learn how to research things. And I know yes. he's super interested in that. He really mm -hmm. is. So that would be a great way, even my sitting down there and like showing him how to research or Google or look up, uh, you know, videos or just any information. Yep. I think that would be a good skill to teach him. But I don't know. Like I, I almost, I didn't say, hey, you're doing a presentation. I'm like, right. would you like to do a presentation? Or maybe we can make a board. Like I just gave him suggestions. Yes. On how we and can I think further that's it. totally fine because the, yeah. main, the main goal is to get them excited about it, right? Yeah. So if he's excited to do the presentation, that's fine. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's really, it's just so hard when kids are always like, oh, I have to learn this in a certain way because I know I'm going to get tested on it. You know, it's like when we had to read books in school, you read books differently when you know you're going to be quizzed on the main topic or on right. certain elements on it, whether... It, 
as opposed to just reading for pleasure. And so when people are learning about things, it's like my kids just learn for the fun of it and because they're interested in it. And you you look at things differently when it's like, I know I'm going to get quizzed on this later. Oh, yeah, what, are yeah, the, yeah. what are the main points that I have to remember? You know, and then the learning just kind of goes out of your brain. Yeah, I've, I've just really been asking him questions and trying to facilitate certain things, not really forcing yeah. him to do things. Uh, well, I did suggest, and he's like, yeah, I'll try it. I suggested him reading The Hobbit and he's mm -hmm. done with The Hobbit. And then I also, I looked online like resources for Hobbits, unit studies. And I looked online, I just Googled mm -hmm. it and I saw some cool vocab. So I printed off the vocab. I'm like, hey, look, let's, let's learn some vocab from chapters one through four. Do you mm -hmm. want to? And he's like, yeah, let's take a look. And this, it, it evolved, like we were just discussing it. And then the whole thing evolved into him. And I said, hey, look, cause he, he he's an actor. He's really like, he loves to move. He's a, he's a wiggler. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he likes to move. He likes to bounce on the balls when he learns. So we got a, we got a ball, like, he, you know, he bounces and he just kind of moves around. Yeah. And I said, hey, hey, Loku, why don't you act out some of the vocabulary words? Mm -hmm. So, you know, I gave him a word like flummox. <laughs> flummoxed was from the hobbit yeah okay and we went over we went over the words and i said loku i want you to act out flummox and he just he acted it out and like he made like a big old like it was almost like a skit yes <laughs> and we got to the end of the vocab list and i was like okay well that's the last word and he's like can we do another list See? and i'm just like excuse yes. me you want to do more vocab with me <laughs> that's he was what so you excited. want yes so is that unschooling I think that's great. Like I said, if your child is saying, yes, I want to do this, that gets me excited, that is the right track. That's where you want to be. Yes. But it wasn't his idea, though, to print out a vocab list. I just thought it would be fun for him because he loves okay. words. Suggestions. That's totally yeah, fine to yeah. suggest things. And if he's like, no, I really don't care about that, then you can say, okay, what do you want to do with this? You know what I mean? So I think that's yeah. totally fine. Yes. Cool. Other suggestions that I have for what to do while you're de-schooling. So people are like, well, wait a minute. Like, do we just sit around? Like, we're going to be wasting so much time if I just let my kid do whatever they want, you know? And like, and we're going to be like losing learning ground if I just let them do whatever they want. And so, because so, so many people in the school system are like, oh, like we, they have to be actively doing things that I tell them what to do. Otherwise it's yeah. not learning and it's, you know, we can't do that. So here are some suggestions. And you already shared that you take them to the library, which is fantastic. That is one of my suggestions. Um, yeah. The other thing is just- I suggest it too. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we go on weekly library trips as well. And I let my kids pick out whatever they want. So it's it's making that a priority in your life. It's like, this is just what we do. Other suggestions are like- just go places, be a tourist in your own town and like go and see whatever you can go see. If you have museums, if your town in your town, if you have a zoo, if you have factories that you can go do a tour in, you know, or just yeah. any other community activities that are put on. Like I said, I've talked in, in my previous videos about how the forest preserves in my area, they have all of these homeschooling opportunities that you can go do with your kids because they know that us homeschoolers are going to go take advantage of them. Um, so those types of things like go and just see and do things. If there are, if there's a theater or a concert hall in your area, like go see a concert, go see a play, go, go see live music, any of those things. Um, go find other homeschoolers. I don't know if you've found other homeschoolers in your area yet, but, but yes, go hang out actually, with them. Yeah. I actually found a co-op, uh, 
in a Facebook group and I just, I started to join and all of a sudden it's like, we're, we're going every Friday. It's like a nature co-op and we just go awesome. outside and do different nature things. We went for a great hike and then we swim in the quarry. Um, and I, can I say something about social interaction? Yes. Okay. So believe it or not for anyone out there, who's like, Oh, the kids, they don't have a social life, this and that. We have made more friends <laughs> just from being homeschooled and having like being in different homeschool groups now and my son has more friends now and has more of a social life than he did in public school, like yeah. hands down. And we're more busy and we're actually at the point where we're having to turn away <laughs> social interactions because it's like, uh, no, that it's too much. It's almost too much. And I can't yep. believe how much that's blossomed uh, to be part of that homeschool community. And they are here, like people are, I'm sure you can just find them online. I would suggest yep. maybe going on a Facebook group and just seeing even um, Googling different opportunities in your area. Yeah, because they're there. And I cannot believe it. I can't believe how it's happened like that. Or I can yeah. say he actually has more social interaction than we did in school. So and it's true. That's like, pretty crazy. I, yeah, I have made a, a short on YouTube talking about how it's like people think that homeschoolers keep their kids in a bubble. And I'm like, we are out all the time, seeing yeah. all different kinds of people going all the different places. The kids who are stuck in the classrooms are the ones in the bubble. People just don't want to believe that homeschooled kids are very sociable. Yeah. And my son told me that he would get yelled at when he tried to talk with the, with someone in class and socially exactly. interact. Like there's very uh, small windows throughout the day where they can actually be social. Uh, lunch and recess pretty much. So Right. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and you as a former teacher, it's like, did you like in high school and middle school, do they even get recess still? Uh, high school? No, there That's wasn't any, there wasn't any free time. Uh, I know my son, he went to an intermediate school fourth through seventh. And I think, I think all the way up until fifth grade. So fourth and fifth grade had recess. I'm not sure about sixth and seventh. I don't think so. Yeah. So really yeah. the only time is during lunch that they can talk with each other. Yeah. If you're sixth or seventh grade. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's take a quick break and then we will come back and we will talk more about this. This is great. All right. So here we are still talking about all of our favorite unschooling things. And the other thing that I wanted to mention um, about other things that you can do while you're de-schooling your kids um, are just get moving, go outside. And I love that you shared that you are already joined a, a co-op and that you go out on nature walks. Like I think so I don't know how we would homeschool without going outside. Like that's just, that's been something that I've loved since I was a child. I always loved being outside and I never stopped doing that even when I had children. So make that a priority. I know a lot of people might be like, oh, but we don't have, have time to be outside. We're inside learning too much. And it's like, no, actually it's super beneficial to your learning for you to get outside. It rewires your brain, getting out into nature and getting that fresh air is so good for your body and your mind and your spirit. Mm -hmm. And you need to make that a priority. The other thing is like, just ask your child what they like to do. Have conversations with them. They will start to be chatty Cathy's if you just give them the opportunity. I think yeah. that so many kids are like, I cannot talk. The teacher is the only one that gets to talk. I have to be silent. Nobody wants to hear my voice. And if you yeah. all of a sudden are like, hey, what are you, what are you thinking about right now? Hey, what did you think about this or that? Or what do you want to do? Like give them the opportunity and then you won't be able to shut them up because they are like, finally, someone wants to listen to me, you know? 
And I do have something that I, I might want to share for those uh, those who were new and just de-schooling that we did. And it worked out really good at first. Like the first week, he he was really just, he didn't know even what he wanted or what he wanted to learn. But then once we got used to it, we were I was a little patient. We, we gave it time. Uh, we started writing a list and we have it hanging up in as well, a list of questions where any thought that pops into his head, any thought at all, like, uh, why do we dream? You know, why do we dream? What's the best business to make money? That was one of the things on the list. Anything that he has a question about throughout the day, mm-hmm. he, he's wondering about. I said, oh, look, let's go write that on our questions list. And then he'll go upstairs and he'll write that on the list. And then later we'll look at the list. And we've just been uh, watching YouTube videos and trying to find out more information about that. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's been really, really good. And w- when we're ever, like, say we're out and about, uh, I, wrote, I wrote it on my phone. I just, I have a thing under notes. Yeah. And I said, oh, look, that's good for a questions list. Write it down. I'll give him my phone and he'll just... He'll pop it in the notes. So I thought that's that's a pretty good thing. Like if you're it's really looking excellent. to do unschooling is just have him get in the habit of writing things down that he's interested in, like if he has questions. And yep. it, it took a while, like I said, it took maybe a week or two, but once he realized he was allowed <laughs> to have his own mm-hmm. questions and allowed to learn what he wanted to learn about, it really, it, it's almost like he's a motorboat now. He's just, <laughs> he's all yes. the time thinking about things and wanting to write stuff down, so. Absolutely. It's letting them know that like, yes, you have your own mind in your head, you have your own thoughts and they are valid. They are important, you know, and I, I, we want to hear what they have to say. We want to hear how they are processing new ideas, you know, and the only way that they know how to do that and express it to us is to ask questions or to share their thoughts. And we have to be there to let them talk to us about it and give them that time to be like, I I do want to know what you think about. I do want to know what your questions are. And I want to help you find those answers. That's the best way to learn. Let your kids sleep in during this de-schooling time. I don't think that people realize how much time, how much sleep kids lose when they are having to be rushed out the door in the morning. And really our children need so much sleep, you know? And so with my kids, they don't sleep in until 10 o'clock in the morning. I cut them off at 8 a.m. They're out of bed because they go to bed around 9, 9.30. My oldest is 12. And so sometimes he'll stay up reading. Sometimes he can't fall asleep until after 10, but I'm still like, that's still enough time. You have to get up at eight o'clock, um, but let your kids sleep in during this de-schooling time. Like they need the rest. They are not going to be good learners if they are sleep deprived. And I feel like a lot of kids in school go to school sleep deprived because how many of our yeah. kids wake up with nightmares at night or they can't get to sleep because they're, they're nervous about something or their brain is going, or what if they wake up sick in the middle of the night? I don't know. It's just, it's all of those things that is like, they need the sleep just like they need the good food. You know, and mm-hmm. they they need those for their brains to think. And so I just think, go ahead and let your kids sleep in as well. I think that's a good thing to do. Um, and pr- practice life skills with them during this de-schooling time. Like how many of them can just go in the kitchen with you and cook? Who has time for that when their kids are going to school? Get outside and garden. Even if you just plant one flower, you know, or you go and pull weeds or you do whatever, like go let them do some gardening, help them, let them help you clean the house. You know, all these things like doing their own laundry, all those things that they didn't have time for when they were in school, like just focus on those things. Cause that is real life. It's not just about the academic learning. It's also like, how am I going to teach you to take care of yourself when you leave the house? Like you need to Mm -hmm. know these things. So I think a lot of people just kind of gloss over those things too. They're like, well, I guess they'll learn them eventually. I don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. 
So that's um, what we've been doing a lot during de-schooling is he's really interested in cooking. Uh, his dad, my husband is a really good chef. So I think wow. he just got that from him. So that's something that we really have been doing. And now he is so independent, even just in three weeks, like yeah. he can wake up, he can make himself some eggs, you know, do everything, macaroni and cheese. Uh, and he's loved it. Mm -hmm. he's, that's one of the things where we're going to continue to push that. My, my husband actually bought way too many carrots. So we're going to make a carrot cake tomorrow. I'm going to be like, look, look up the carrot cake recipe. Yeah. And then like, wow. Find out what ingredients we have. He has a little, he has a tiny little uh, notebook. It's like his grocery list. So mm -hmm. anything that we need to get from the store, he'll just write it down in his little notebook. And it's been great. And yes. there's math right there. There's math right there because oftentimes we'll double or triple the recipe. Because yeah. who wants to clean up a kitchen? Like you make such a mess, you know, just triple the recipe or something. Yeah, so absolutely. there's math right there. And just, you know, times two, times three. Uh, that's been great. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and that goes into your next question, which was how do we unschool math? Because in your words, you said your son hates math. I don't know if he really hates math. He is just so triggered by the thought of learning math mm -hmm. from being in school. I feel like, like the thought of him sitting down with a workbook and like a book, like doing mm -hmm. math, it's like, it's almost like oil and water. Like he's totally repelled by that fact. So I'll be honest with you. We haven't, we haven't even opened a math book. Okay. I opened it once. I opened it and then I closed it <laughs> real quick. And then I put yeah. it, I put it back on the bookshelf, but like, mm -hmm. let's get into that. Cause I didn't have yes. that question about unschooling math. That's pretty much, like I said, just open, close. We put it away yeah. because he is, he's so, uh, math. yes, cooking for sure. Fractions and all that. But yeah. How important is it really for our kids to know all that crazy math that they're required to take? I mean, that's really my question. Yeah. Unless, of course, they're wanting to be an engineer or like an architect or something and they're on the track. Like when they're in high school, I can see, you know, oh, you need to take these credits if you want to do something in the math or science field. Yeah. But people who aren't interested in that, I don't really understand aside from practical math, maybe measuring like what we talked about. Right. Uh, I'm not really sure why like I don't even know the purpose of why I'm pushing him <laughs> to do that type of math at this right. point it's great so what do you think about that so what I think about it is I agree with you that a lot of times there is especially upper level math like algebra geometry calculus you know trigonometry all those things a lot yeah. of people don't necessarily use those things in normal life I can tell you I don't use trig in my normal life but I do believe that, especially when my son was watching this documentary about Antarctica this past week, they had like engineers and mathematicians and biologists and all those people that were going to study different things on that continent. And they had to use mathematical equations. They had to be measuring things. They had to be doing a lot of scientific mathematical things to to uh, get through this, the terrain that they were in and all of the studies that they're doing, they use math and technology and engineering and all those steam things that I love so much. And so I'm like, okay, I do think you need to know equations just because I don't know what you're going to do in your, in your life. But I do believe that if we expose them to those concepts in a way that is not workbook related, that is actually getting them hands-on that is getting them to look at these equations and mess with them and explore a little bit and figure out how they're actually used in real life. I think that that is useful. Um, 
for instance, my son is so into meteorology and weather, and he might be a meteorologist when he gets older, who knows? But I'm like, they use math. They use all these complicated charts to figure out the weather patterns and, you know, all of the, the graphs and the diagrams that they have to put up and all the things that they study, they use a lot of math in that. And so I'm like, I want him to see that math is very practical to normal life. And if you want to make it, you, you do have to understand these concepts. You know, and so it goes past all the normal math that we would use in normal life, like measuring for cooking or, you know, adding, subtracting and dividing with whatever or fractions. Um, I do want them to be exposed to those things. And so I do think that that real life hands on math is important for them to learn. I don't agree that traditional school math is important because I don't know if you use common core in your school or if that's what it was using. It made it so unnecessarily complicated for no reason. It was ridiculous. And yeah. so if you get away from that math and you try to really do the real world math, I think that your kid will be more inspired. So I think I saw on, I, I think I remember uh, listening on one of your previous videos when you were talking about the unschooling math, how mm -hmm. you're using a, you're not doing the curriculum that you did last year. You're doing something new this year. Yeah. You're going to be doing more of that hands-on stuff. So yeah. um, what are some projects that you have or anything hands-on regarding that? If you have any ideas about that yet? Well, and like I said, I mean, my oldest is only in seventh grade. And so for upper level, like I don't have anything, I don't know yet, but for this, like, I'm really wanting to find more, um, apps that where they're playing games using upper level math concepts um, like geometry and algebra and all those things. And I haven't found those yet. And once I do, I will find, I'll share them. But then also the books that I've been looking at recently, like that have just like puzzles and, and problems that they can solve that are not just like, oh, Louie has like 20 melons and he needs to share them with six of his friends. How's he going to cut it? You know, those weird word problems that you get in school, like actually showing real life problems that they can solve. Like, I think that's, my son gets very excited brain-wise thinking about those types of things. Like he really loves optical illusions and puzzles and like just these weird mathematical things that he can solve. And so I'm looking into those things as well for him. Um, so yeah, like things where he's gonna figure it out on his own, not doing a worksheet. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically what it, oh, the other thing is reading um, biographies of different mathematicians and just brainiac people from the past. I think that if we show what those men and women did in the past that like had all these breakthroughs in mathematics and what they contributed to the world will inspire my kids to be like, math is fun and math is important and it doesn't have to be boring and hard. It can actually be very exciting. Um, so really just showing them that real life component because that was my son's complaint all the time was like, when am I going to use this? Nobody else uses yeah. math when they're older. And, you know, just showing them how crucial math learning actually is. So I have a good analogy. So it's kind of like, you know, when you have to feed your dog medicine yeah, and you have to put it in a piece of cheese and you mm -hmm. have to be like, here you go. So that's kind of like the math. Like we have to figure out how we can put the math into a piece of cheese and just kind of slip it to them. So they don't really, <laughs> do you see what I mean? They don't really, uh, they don't really say that it's math. It's more <laughs> something fun. Cause that's what mm -hmm. I feel like every time I mention the word math, my son just, he's triggered. He's like, no, not math. Right. So I ha we have to figure out some way to kind of more subtly just kind of insert it into their learning. 
to where they and don't that's why identify I, I highly, highly suggest looking at those, those discovery kids, math books, they have how to be a math genius, how to be a math wizard. Some of them might be a little bit low for his level. I'm not sure what level your son is on, but it's still just like, um, just giving them those, those mathematical concepts and like putting them into practice and really making it interesting instead of being like, here's a concept. I want you to memorize this and I want you to do a worksheet full of these problems where it's not connected to real life whatsoever. It is just this worksheet stuff. You know what I mean? Whereas if it's like, here is an interesting concept, let's practice this. Let's put it into practice. Like how would we use this in real life? Let's, let's measure this room and see what kind of a size table we could get in here. Let's, let's, let's estimate how many marbles can fit into this jar. And then let's actually, you know, put them in there. There's just so many better, more interesting ways to introduce math to our kids than workbooks. And so um, I found a lot of optical illusion books for my kids at, or my son at the library. And I just let him look at them on his own. And I had no idea that he was going to be so interested in optical illusions and like just how you can draw different shapes to like look weird and like play tricks on our eyes. But he was like, mom, look at this. This is so cool. You know? And I'm like, all right, you have to just try things and see what your kid is going to respond to. So I hope that that yeah. was helpful. That answered your <laughs> it question. It was, yeah. If, you, um, if you figure out some good math games, like the apps, I think, cause he does like to play games. So yes. maybe you can do a video on that or once you discover it, I'll probably research it too. Cause that's a good idea. Yes. Yeah. I will definitely be looking it up. Cause I'm like, I need to find something for my kids. Like I'm determined to find something that it's like, they don't even realize they're learning these things, you know? And it is going to help them out in the future. At first I was just like, maybe I just won't teach them math at all. Maybe I'll just, you know, just forget the whole thing. But the truth is that they do need to learn these things. And that's where and, I'm at. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I've been myself, like as the homeschool mom, I've just been kind of avoiding wanting to go there. Even yeah. though, you know, like I said, he, he does know he's been learning a lot with cooking that he hasn't learned before. Like even, you know, the degrees, how, how high you have to turn up, you know, right. the oven or whatever. So that's something. Right. And he sees <laughs> that that's like a purposeful thing. Like you have to put the oven at the right temperature. Otherwise you're going to burn something or it's not going to cook all the way. You know, you have to do that the right way. Or if you're putting together a swing set or a trampoline in your backyard, like you have to follow directions and do things in the right order. And like physics, you know, like you can do so many hands-on physics problems, you know, um, just trying to figure out how things will work the right way to get it like that. So anyway, I don't know, we're going to be doing a lot of building things and science experiments and so many engineering things that I'm excited about. I just, I, there's so many, I have to just choose one and start doing it. Like that's, that's the, problem the problem is I have so many things that I'm like, I, I want to do them all right now, but I can't just choose the first one and go with it. <laughs> I have a list of like 25 things, probably more, like all this stuff that I wanted to um, expose him to. Yeah. And I think we only got to like six or seven ever since it started. And I guess you just have to be okay with that. How, you, cause you, you go at your own pace, you know, and not rushing. It means you just don't get to as much yes. as you might've thought. And that's okay. And you said, so you've, you've taken him out. And so now you've had like three weeks of de-schooling, right? Yes. Yeah. And I would mm -hmm. still just be like, 
what else do you want to do? I would take some time because the, what you said in, in your original question was like, how long should we de-school? And you said, I know that the general rule of thumb is, you know, one month for every year that the person was in school. So he was in school for six years, six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so by that rule, you would de-school for six months. Now it's not a hard and fast rule where it's like, if you don't do it for six months, then you did it wrong. You do have to gauge with your own child, um, you know, how he's feeling about things, you know, and, and if he still just recoils when you talk about learning, you know, and, and yeah, all he does. So, I can't use the word learning. I can't right. use the word learning. Well, I, maybe it's different now, but it was a trigger for him. Learning yeah. is like, Oh, something he didn't want to do. Right. So I would just, I would not rush it. Uh, I, it sounds like what you're doing is totally perfect for this, which is just like, whatever you're excited about, let's go do it. Let's go get books at the library. Let's, let's cook together. Let's, let's read books together and then let's discuss them. Let's, let's go out and join that co-op and go on nature hikes. Let's, let's do everything that is not related to traditional school. It sounds like you're doing an excellent job with him. But the the problem is I kind of just want to keep doing that for forever because it's like so much fun yeah we've been doing and it's just been so much fun like he was interested he said he was interested in coding you know coding yes. on the computer so I looked up a few free resources and now we're taking a lesson together we're both learning how to code uh, code.org awesome. and he's so excited about that he even wanted yeah. to do it like on the weekends so you know uh, we learned about a little bit about Greek art mm-hmm. and I have this pot over here that I had to prime and now he's painting something like a pattern. He's doing an octopus or something on the his pot. <laughs> we have been taking, uh, we've been going outside and doing a nature journal, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. And just been reading a lot and just having a lot of conversation, watching a lot of videos, you know, science videos, things like that. And can it just be like that for forever? <laughs> yeah, still- it can. No. I, I heard high school is a different beast. High school is a little bit, you have to kind of. Well, uh, and, and I can't credits. speak to high school. I wish that I could, but I've never experienced that with a homeschooled child. And so I can't, I can't give you my expertise on that at all because I have none. Um, but I do know that with a lot of unschooling families that I've just read about that they'll say like, well, we're still doing a ton of learning in high school. It's just, you find the right resources. And especially if you know what you want to be when you get older. You just focus on that path. So if your son knows that he wants to be a, I don't know, if he wants to be an engineer, like find out what their requirements are for that. Right. You know, and you can start taking online classes at any time that you want um, because there's so many different online class options or he can go find books at the library, either textbooks or other books written by experts that he can read. And then there's all different kinds of websites, I'm sure, to be like, what do I need to know as an engineer? What are they doing? Find a YouTube channel on engineering and watch those videos, you know? And, And so they can really just narrow their focus in high school and start preparing for real adulthood. Um, it's totally possible. Yeah. I can see how that would be, you know, I'm not obviously there yet because he's only in sixth grade and we just right. have started this year, but I can see how that's one of a really, really positive thing about mm-hmm. unschooling is your child actually has the time to develop and, uh, even explore and figure out his passions. And right. what he's good at and what he likes, 
because yeah. you have all this extra time and you're not telling them what to do necessarily, you know, they, right. they have their own choices where they can actually, they actually know who they are a little bit more <laughs> once yes. they get to high school. So they're not wasting all that time with all that other stuff that they don't need. And they're like, I want to do this. I'm interested in this. Let's go. I can see how that could be really motivating mm -hmm. for a child and also give them a lot of direction. Right. You take this the unschooling route. Absolutely. And the other thing I want to mention is like with the, the homeschool state laws, you do have to make sure that you're still following those. And that can be more tricky, especially with high school. You know, you have to make sure that, you know, if your state, I know that Tennessee is a little bit stricter with their laws than Illinois is where I live. And so it's like, you might have to, you know, submit, um, you know, work that your child has done, you know, show them that they are covering all the subject areas that Tennessee tells you that you have to cover. Um, and it's different in every state, but a lot of the times they'll be like, you do have to submit to testing at least once a year, or you have to give us like a portfolio at the end of the school year, showing that you covered all of the bases with your child. So even though everybody is legally able to unschool, we also, I just feel like I have to mention, we also yeah. have to make sure that we're following those state laws. Um, but you can do that because a lot of the homeschool state laws are like your kids has to learn language arts, but they don't tell you how they have to learn language arts. You know, it's very vague. And so, you know, it's right. like my kid learns, learns language arts by, we read a lot of books and we do projects with it. And they, they see, you know, we talk about all the different sentence structures and we talk about the, the, all the, uh, you know, apostrophes and question marks and end marks and all those things. So like they are learning those things, just not with workbooks necessarily. Um, or they say like your kid has to learn social studies, you know, well, what does that mean? I can learn history through really good books written by historians, you know, and it's not going to yeah. be like memorizing those names and dates and taking tests, but they're still learning a lot about history and about the world around us. So anyway, that's just what my comment was about that. I'm like, we can still follow those laws, making sure that we're not just flying off into the cloud somewhere, but still, still doing a lot of learning and have to, some people have to deal with the school system more than others. Um, but yeah, so I hope that that answered your questions. Did you have anything else that you wanted to bring up or ask? I think that was a really good discussion. Yeah, I thought so yeah, too. I'm I so glad good, that yeah. you were willing to come on and talk with me about this. Yeah, hopefully it will uh, give other parents the courage to do the same because it's pretty fun. Absolutely. If and anyone has anything that they want to come on and like ask more questions or give me more details, I love this type of thing where we're discussing it rather than me just answering questions on a comment on my channel. Like it's so much more rich and beneficial for everybody. So I appreciate you being the first one to come on and do this with me. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much, Nikki. You're welcome. Thanks so much for listening today. Don't forget to rate the podcast and share it with anyone you think might find it helpful. I would love for you to leave a review so that others can find this brand new podcast for new homeschoolers. If you're just getting started with homeschooling, I would love to help you out. You can email me or sign up for my online course through my website. I can't wait to connect with you.